All right. Good morning, America, world, Christian Israel, white nationalists everywhere, patriots, constitutionalists, white people, the the most oppressed people on the face of the earth are us, the white race, as anybody who knows and understands that uh, all of this importation of non-whites into our countries is to exterminate us, the great replacement, which the mass media, of course, the, the kosher press, continues to deny is happening. Can you believe it? Can, yeah, well, of course, they're, they're very good at denying things that are happening right in front of you. Okay. So it's like uh, the old joke, uh, the Jew stabs somebody in the back, and then he pulls the dagger out, throws it on the ground, and says, oh, he stabbed me, he stabbed me. Uh, that's That's the way it works, folks. All right. So uh, no Dan this morning. I tried to call him. And uh, no answer. I think he's probably still huddled under the covers. <laughs> I have to confess, I did not feel like getting up either to, well, the outside temperature is three degrees, which is better than yesterday's minus eight, but everything's still frozen. In fact, uh, the uh, the entire country, including Canada, is under you know, a tremendous uh, deep freeze warning uh, half a million people out of uh, electricity and probably w- without heat as well. Boy, I sure hope they have their uh, minus 70 degrees below zero sleeping bags with them, <laughs> right? I had uh, pipes freeze yesterday, and uh, the uh, fortunately my uh, side bedroom, the guest uh, bedroom bathroom had water, but the master bathroom and the kitchen and the kitchen still does not have water even this morning. So I had to run into the uh, guest bathroom and get some uh, water for coffee, right? <coughs> Excuse me. So other than that, I, I was nice and warm in my double uh, comforter <laughs> setup in my bedroom. Two comforters, not just one. And uh, several layers uh, for sleeping, just like just like we're camping at the Feaster Tabernacles, don't you know? Well, here this is uh, if I can get this uh, to play here. Uh, this is a uh, <coughs> excuse me, a recording of the uh, reporter as a sports reporter who uh, was called to was called to report on the storm in the middle of the night, like they, they uh, got him out of bed at 2.30 in the morning. And uh, this is uh, how he reported. Uh, first of all, let me just go a quick summary here of how dangerous this storm is. And uh, you know, hopefully uh, everybody listening is uh, you know nice and warm anyway. Uh, okay, powerful Arctic storm sweeping uh, across the U.S. and Canada. Uh the alerts stretch from coast to coast and reach as far south as the U.S.-Mexican border in Florida. There was snow in Phoenix, Arizona, flooding in New York on the coastline, <coughs> more snow. Excuse me, i got to take a swig of coffee. <coughs> more than 200 million people are under weather warnings. Uh, there's power outages everywhere. And here it says, next item, 1.5 million are without power as high winds cause blackouts. I'm sure it's more than that. 
Major airports canceled flights. Uh, temperatures could plunge as low as minus 70 degrees Fahrenheit in some parts of the country. And if you go out, this could lead to frostbite within 5 or 10 minutes. So even if you're in the southern part of the country, this is going to be far worse than the deep freeze that Texas had two years ago. This is affecting the whole country. I can I can just imagine how many burst pipes there are to clean up after this. All right. Fortunately, I haven't gone down to my basement to find out if I had any burst pipes, but the water is running except for my kitchen. <laughs> okay. And here's this reporter who was dragged out. He's a sports reporter in Waterloo, Iowa, who uh, is actually a really funny report. And he says this as he gets up at 2.30 in the morning. Uh, again, uh, the same way I felt about eight minutes ago when you asked me that same question, right? I normally do sports. He's reporting every 10 minutes or so. Sports, uh, everything is canceled here for the next couple of days. So what better time to ask the sports guy to come in about five hours normally uh, earlier than he would normally wake up, go stand out in the wind and the snow and the cold and tell other people not to do the same. I didn't even realize that there was a 3.30 also in the morning uh, until today. It's absolutely uh, fantastic, Ryan. You know, I- I'm used to these evening shows that are only 30 minutes long, and generally on those shows, I'm inside. So uh, this is a really long show. Tune in for the next couple hours to watch me progressively get crankier and crankier. How do I get that uh, Storm Chaser 7 duty? I, I feel like Clint got the uh, better end of that deal. You know, that thing's heated. Um, the outdoors currently is not heated. Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan, I've, I've got... The outdoors is currently not heated. Good news, and, and I've got bad news. The, the good news is that I can still feel my face right now. The bad news is I kind of wish I couldn't. Can I go back to my regular job. I'm pretty sure, Ryan, that you guys added an extra hour to this show just because somebody likes torturing me because compared to two and a half hours ago, it is just getting colder and colder. Live in Waterloo for the last time this morning. Thankfully, I'm Mark Woodley. New 7 KWWL. Mark, how you- Well, he can go right to his sports reporting. <laughs> At least he can do that inside, right? Hazardous duty pay. For Mark Woodley, this uh, tweet, this little video, has already been watched by 21 million people. <laughs> so, so if you can crack jokes while you're suffering, that's good. Oh, okay. I don't recall Dan saying he wouldn't be here. Thanks, Mary. I don't, re- I don't recall him saying that. Anyway, so uh, we're just going to continue with if I if my if I can get my lips to move. <laughs> All right, and I, I have a little heater here uh, next to me that because my my tootsies are frozen, and uh, the, the heat goes up, not down. Right, so my my feet are just a little bit cold, but I think I'll be okay. Anyway, so let's go for it. We're in First Chronicles chapter five, and all of this is very straightforward stuff. Uh, not too much commentary required. Uh, it's repeating. The nice thing is the opening of First Chronicles is all genealogies. It repeats all the genealogies that we've covered earlier, but it's more detailed 
So it's very good stuff uh, for studying the genealogies. So First Chronicles 5, 1, descendants of Reuben. Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, but for as much as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given unto the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. And the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. Okay, so it's, it's telling us here that Reuben would have ordinarily gotten the birthright, but because he lay with one of his father's wives, no, 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 he was deprived of the birthright. Okay, you make your daddy <laughs> angry, right? And uh, since Joseph was virtually sinless, except he was very arrogant and boastful, and his brothers hated him for that, Jacob gave it to Joseph. Verse 2, For Judah prevailed above his brethren, and of him came the chief ruler, but the birthright was Joseph's. The sons, I say, of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, were Hanach and Palu, Hezron and Carmi. So if you really want to do a quick lookup of genealogies, you get a piecemeal genealogy in Genesis chapter 10. But First Chronicles is where you want to go if you want to look up uh, the genealogies of the Adamites down to the uh, later Israelites. Verse 3, I, the sons, I say, of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, were... Oh, I just read that, sorry. <laughs> my, my brain is still frozen. Verse 4, the sons of Joel, Shemaiah his son, Gog his son, Shimei his son, Micah his son, Rei his son, Baal his son. Now, why would an Israelite name his son Baal? And I'm pretty sure that Reuben also had a Canaanite woman as a concubine. Maybe this son is of that Canaanite woman. Verse 6. Bera, his son, whom Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, carried away captive, he was prince of the Reubenites. And his brethren by their families, when the genealogy of their generations was reckoned, were the chief Jael and Zechariah. And Bela, the son of Azaz, so Bela, a very common name in Eastern Europe. Again, Reuben may have had uh, one or two offspring from the Canaanite woman. And Bela, the son of Azaz, the son of Shema, the son of Joel, who dwelt in Oror, even unto Nebo and Baalmeon. Verse 9. And eastward he inhabited unto the entering in of the wilderness from the river Euphrates, because their cattle were multiplied in the land of Gilead. So the Israelites were all over the place, <laughs> right? All over the place, which, of course, according to the prophecy given to Father Abraham in Genesis, uh, if I can remember correctly, 15, I think it's Genesis 15, the last four or five verses where 
the descendants of Abraham were given the entire territory from the river Euphrates all the way to the Nile River. Not to the Jews, folks. Absolutely not to the Jews. Verse 10, And in the days of Saul they made war with the Hagarites, who fled by their hand. That is the, who are known today, of course, as the Arabs. And they dwelt in their tents throughout all the east land of Gilead. So we have a lot of Shemites uh, becoming nomads. We have the Hagarites, the Arabs being nomads. And we have the descendants of uh, Abraham's third wife, Keturah, living as far east as India. So all of the, and most of them were probably nomadic people with probably a town here and there. So we see that all three descendants of Noah populated the Mesopotamian basin. And, of course, north, uh, the Japhethites went north, and the Hamites went southwest. But even Ham, uh, Ham's son Nimrod, stayed in Babylon. So that's the... uh, and the three Kushes, the Indian Kush, the Arabian Kush, and the African Kush were inhabited by the descendants of Noah. And the churches teach falsely that the, some of these people, especially the African Kushites, were blacks. No, they weren't. They were white Hamites, period. All right, verse 11, the descendants of Gad. And the children of Gad dwelt over against them in the land of Bashan unto Salcha, Joel the chief, and Shephem the next, and Jani, or Jani, and Shaphat, and Bashan. 13. And their brethren of the house of their fathers were Michael, and Meshulam, and Sheba, and Jorai, and Jacan, and Zia, and Heber, seven. So the, somebody else named after our ancestor Eber. Verse 14, these are the children of Abihel, the son of Huri, the son of Jeroah, the son of Gilead, the son of Michael, the son of Jeshishai, the son of Yado, the son of Booz. Okay, now I'm wondering if this Booz is the same as Buzai, or Buzi, who actually begat, uh, who, uh, a relative of the prophet Ezekiel, who begat Buddha. Uh, Buddha left the presence of Israel and uh, you know, dwelt in, in India among his brethren, the Keturites, and there were other, as we see here, there were even uh, Shemites in that area. So that was a natural place for him to go. No problem whatsoever. Verse 15. Ahai, the son of Abdiel, the son of Guni, chief of the house of their fathers. And they dwelt in Gilead and Bashan and in her towns and in all the suburbs of Sharon upon their borders. All these were reckoned by the genealogies in the days of Jotham, of king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, king of Israel. And of course, as we probably mentioned last week, the difference between First Chronicles or the books of Chronicles and the books of Kings. The books of Kings are primarily from the perspective of the ten northern tribes and the books of Chronicles are primarily from the perspective of the Judahites in the land of Judah. 
So let's continue here. Let me just repeat here. Don't don't want to miss this. All these were reckoned by genealogies in the days of Jotham, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, king of Israel. Verse 18. The sons of Reuben and the Gadites and half the tribe of Manasseh of valiant men, men able to bear buckler and sword and to shoot with bow and skillful in war, were four and forty thousand seven hundred and three score that went out to the war. Okay, no small army. And they made war with the Hagarites, with Jatur and Nephish and Nodab. And they were helped against them, and the Hagarites were delivered into their hand, and all that were with them. But these people were still brethren. They were all white at this point in time. For they cried to God in the battle, and he was entreated of them, because they put their trust in him. And they took away their cattle, of their camels 50,000, and of sheep 250,000, and of asses 2,000, and of men and hundred thousand. So they kept them as uh, slaves? Or what? Or did they uh, just uh, make them, uh, you know, tributaries? Under tribute. Verse 22, For there fell down many slain, because the war was of God, and they dwelt in their steads unto the captivity. Okay, the captivity of the ten... uh, Whose captivity? Judah or Israel? (laughs) We'll find out, I think. Verse 23. And the children of the half-tribe of Manasseh dwelt in the land, and they increased from Bashan unto Baal Hermon and Senir and unto Mount Hermon. Verse 24. And these were the heads of the house of their fathers, even Ephor and Ishai and Eliel and Azrael and Jeremiah, and Hodaviah, and Yadiel, mighty men of valor, famous men, and heads of the house of their fathers. And they transgressed against the God of their fathers, and went a-whoring after the gods of the people of the land, whom God destroyed before them. So, the whoring after other gods usually includes uh, race-mixing as well, but not always. But they learned how to do these things from the Canaanites and etc. So it's possible there was some mixing going on. But up at this point in time, um, and of course they had already taken over the territories of the Canaanites, and, but they had not, failed to drive them out completely or exterminate them as Yahweh had told them to. So there had to be some mixing going on, and this is one of the reasons why that Yahweh expelled them into the Caucasus where they couldn't do that anymore. Verse 26, And the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of Pul, king of Assyria, and the spirit of Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, and he carried them away. Even the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh and brought them unto Hala and Habor and Hara and to the river Gozan unto this day. So, you know, we're talking about northern Mesopotamia here. Chapter 6. So we see that uh, this is going to be uh, many, many chapters worth of 
of uh, uh, genealogy. Okay, uh, yeah, Mr. Kim said, oh, yes, chapter 5. We're going to go into chapter 6, I believe. Coming right up, if I can find the page again. <laughs> okay, yes, the descendants of Levi. But let me switch to my uh, concordance references here, just in case I need to look up some of these names. Chapter 6, the descendants of Levi. The sons of Levi, Gershon, and Kohath, and Merari. Verse 2, and the sons of Kohath, Amram, Izar, and Hebron, and Uziel. And the children of Amram, Aaron, and Moses, and Miriam, the sons also of Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Eleazar begat Phineas. Yay, Phineas! Phineas begat Abishua, and Abishua begat Buki, or Bukai, B-U-K-K-I. Let me see what it says here, if that has a meaning. Meaning wasteful. <laughs> Bukai, no, they pronounce it Buki. Buki, Buki, the name of two Israelites, and it means wasteful. And Buki begat Uzi, Uzi, okay, I guess they, they prefer the E uh, pronunciation where there's a, a word ending in an I. Uzi, the name of six Israelites. And Uzi begat Zeriah, or Zerahiah, and Zerahiah begat Meraoth. Meraoth begat Amariah, and Amariah begat Ahitub. So, Dan, where are you? <laughs> These are tongue twisters. <laughs> You're usually the one who has to do the tongue twisting duty. Okay. And Ahitam begat Zadok. Let's see how they pronounce this. Zadok. They put the, uh, yeah, the uh, emphasis on the uh, second syllable. Zadok. And Zadok begat Ahimeaz. And Ahimeaz begat Azariah, and Azariah begat Yohanan. So we see Yohanan was a popular name among the Israelites way back when. And Yohanan begat Azariah. He it is that executed the priest's office in the temple that Solomon built in Jerusalem. So he's the one, he was the executive, not the, not the executioner. <laughs> The ex executor, not executioner. Verse 11. And Azariah begat Amariah, and Amariah begat Ahitam. And Ahitam begat Zadok, and Zadok begat Shalim, or rather Shalom. Now, Zadok is important in later history because after the Judahite captivity in Babylon, his descendants reestablished the high priesthood in Judah, after the return from the captivity. Verse 13, And Shalom begat Hilkiah, and Hilkiah begat Azariah, and Azariah begat Sariah, and Sariah begat Jehozadak. And Jehozadak went into captivity when Yahweh carried away Judah and Jerusalem by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. So that's, that's good history. I'm going to have to turn on the heat. My tootsies are froze.
There it goes. And where did I leave off here? Azariah. Okay, so the sons, uh, let me see here. Oh, uh, yeah, by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. And so important to know who went with, which priests went with uh, the Judahites to Babylon and which came back, important to know. The sons of Levi, Gershom, Kohath, and Merari. And these be the names of the sons of Gershom, Libni, and Shimei. Let's see if I got these pronunciations right. Yeah, Libni and... No, they just pronounce it Shimei. Shimei, okay. And the sons of Kohath were Amram and Izar and Hebron and Uzziel. The sons of Merari, Mali, and Mushi, <laughs> Mushi, M-U-S-H-I, Mushi, and these are the families of the Levites according to their fathers. Of Gershom, Libni, his son, and Jahath, his son, and Zima, his son, Yoah, his son, Ido, his son, Zerah, his son, Jeterai, his son, the sons of Kohath, Aminadab, his son, Korah, his son, Aser, his son, Elkanah, his son, and Ebiasaph, his son, and Aser, his son, it's spelled A-S-S-I-R, but not the same as Asher, who became the Assyrians. Tehath, his son, Uriel, his son, Uzziah, his son, and Shal, his son. And the sons of Elkanah, Amasai, and Ahimoth. As for Elkanah, the sons of Elkanah, Zophai, his son, and Nahath, his son, Eliab, his son, Jeroham, his son, Elkanah, his son, and the sons of Samuel, the firstborn, Vashni, and Abiah, the sons of Merari, Mali, Libni, his son, Shimei, his son, Uzzah, his son. Not Uzi, it's Uzzah in this case. Shimea, his son. Haggaiah, his son. Aziah, not Isaiah, Aziah, his son. And these are they whom David set over the service of the song in the house of Yahweh after that the ark had rest. Okay, so all of these different sons of the priests were being given their uh, duties in the temple temple service, etc. I don't know if... uh, Oh! uh, David also set in place the 24 courses, but they weren't actually written down or established until Solomon actually instituted the 24 courses, which are important even in the New Testament, the 24 courses, because Zechariah the father of Johann, 
the cousin of Yahshua, their births, their birth times are given. And Johann uh, was born in the spring, and we are told that Yahshua was born six months later in the fall, which was able we were able to pinpoint the birth of Christ in last night's show on Yahweh's covenant people, and that's up already on the uh, website under the downloads under Yahweh's covenant people. So, uh, you know, to prove that uh, Yahshua was not born on December 25th, that's a pagan holiday. <laughs> the rebirth of the invincible sun. Okay, we proved that conclusively last night when in Yahshua, around the time, not the exact date, but close to the, the exact date, maybe a few days. We might be a few days off either way. But let's continue. All right, uh, the sons of Merari. I think we, yeah, Uzzah, we got there. And Aziah. All right, and so after the days that the ark had rest, okay, David set these persons, persons over the service of so, uh, you know, protecting the ark. Verse 32. And they ministered before the dwelling place of the tabernacle of the congregation with singing until Solomon had built the house of Yahweh in Jerusalem. And then they waited on their office according to their order. So as I said, it was Solomon who uh, instituted the, actually put the 24 courses in place, although David had given him him instructions on how to do it. Verse 33. And these are they that waited with their children of the sons of the Kohathites, Heman the singer, the son of Joel, the son of Shemuel, the son of Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, the son of Eliel, the son of Toa, the son of Zuf, Z-U-P-H, the son of Elkanah, the son of Mahath, the son of Amasai, the son of Elkanah, the son of Joel, the son of Azariah, the son of Zephaniah, the son of Tehath, the son of Asir, the son of Ebiasaph, the son of Korah. So again, we're giving the genealogies of the uh, priests who held service in the tabernacle. The son of Izar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, the son of Israel, and his brother Asaph, who stood on the, his right hand, even Asaph, the son of Barakiah, the son of Shimei, or sorry, Shemiah. And Asaph, uh, I believe, uh, composed Psalms as well. The son of Michael, the son of Baasiah, the son of Malchiah, the son of Ethni, or Ethni, the son of Zerah, the son of Adiah, the son of Ethan, the son of Zimah, the son of Shimei, the son of, or Shimei, the son of Jahath, the son of Gershom, the son of Levi. Okay, a lot of priests, lots of priests. Verse 44, And their brethren, the sons of Merari, stood on the left hand. Ethan, the son of Kishi, the son of Abdi, the son of Maluch, the son of Hashabiah, the son of Amaziah, the son of Hilkiah, 
the son of Amzi, the son of Bani, the son of Shamar, the son of Mali, the son of Mushi, the son of Merari, the son of Levi. Mushi must have been tickled when, when he was named. And of course, what was that mean? It means, uh, it means sensitive. There you go. Mushi is sensitive. He's ticklish. Their brethren, also the Levites, were appointed unto all manner of service of the tabernacle of the house of God. So all manner, as they say in the movie trade, the key grip. He's the carpenter, plumber, electrician. He builds the stage sets, etc., etc. And sometimes even applies makeup. Verse 49. But Aaron and his sons offered upon the altar of the burnt offering and on the altar of incense and were appointed for all the work of the place most holy and to make an atonement for Israel according to all that Moses, the servant of Yahweh, or El, in this case it's Elohim, had commanded. And these are the sons of Aaron, Eleazar, his son, Phinehas, his son, Abishua, his son, Buki, his son, and Uzi, his son, Zerahiah, his son, Merayoth, his son, Amariah, his son, Ahitab, his son, Zadok, his son, Ahimeaz, his son. Now these are their dwelling places throughout their castles in their coasts of the sons of Aaron, of the families of the Kohathites, for theirs was the lot. Okay, now the priests did not get their own countries or territories, but they got their city-states, which are being referred to here as castles. Let me look up the word castles. It's from the Hebrew word tirah, feminine of or equivalent to H2905, a wall, hence a fortress or hamlet, castle, habitation, palace, row. So apparently the cities of refuge were either walled cities or some other, you know, uh, fortified place. Okay, so a fortified place. And they gave them Hebron in the land of Judah and the suburbs thereof round about it. But the fields of the city and the villages thereof gave to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Okay, so this was, of course, in the land of Judah. So the Judahites under Caleb more than likely gave tithes to the priests there in the castle city. And to the sons of Aaron, they gave the cities of Judah, namely Hebron, the city of refuge, and Libna with her suburbs, and Jatir and Eshtemoah with their suburbs, and Hillen with her suburbs, Debir with her suburbs, and Ashan with her suburbs, and Beth Shemesh with her suburbs. And out of the tribe of Benjamin, Giba, with her suburbs, and Elameth with her suburbs, and Anatoth with her suburbs, all their cities throughout their families 
were 13 cities. Now, it seems to me that with all of these place names and castles, many of these had to have survived even to the present day. So that any skeptic who says, well, none of this ever happened and these places don't exist, they never existed, come on. We've had all kinds of revelations that these places, many of these places existed. And of course, many of them are, are in ruins today. However, there's abundant proof that many of these places existed. So how can you doubt that this or that place ever existed? Of course, these are people who want to destroy our faith in the scriptures. And many of these are also Jews. Okay. So let's continue. We just got into the tribe of Benjamin with their 13 cities. Verse 61, And unto the sons of Kohath, which were left of the family of that tribe, were cities given out of the half-tribe, namely the half-tribe of Manasseh, by lot, ten cities. And to the sons of Gershom throughout their families, out of the tribe of Issachar, and out of the tribe of Asher, and out of the tribe of Naphtali, and out of the tribe of Manasseh in Bashan, 13 cities. And unto the sons of Merari were given by lot throughout their families out of the tribe of Reuben, and out of the tribe of Gad, and out of the tribe of Zebulon, 12 cities. Uh, I'm sort of disappointed they're not really giving us the locations and the names of those cities because it would be Fascinating to tie these tribes into the ultimate creation of Phoenicia and, of course, the city of Tyre and the coasts surrounding Tyre, which were populated by the tribes of Israel. Okay, it would be nice if it had uh, given us that territory, but it doesn't. But I'm sure that can be traceable. So, uh, and unto the sons of Merari were given by Lot... Yeah, because Asher, I believe Asher and others were very near Tyre. So, and Zebulun also. Okay, so it's important to know that. So let me repeat verse 63. Unto the sons of Merari were given by Lot throughout their families out of the tribe of Reuben, out of the tribe of Gad, and out of the tribe of Zebulun, twelve cities. Verse 64, And the children of Israel gave to the Levites these cities with their suburbs. And they gave by lot out of the tribe of the children of Judah, and out of the tribe of the children of Simeon, and out of the tribe of the children of Benjamin, these cities which are called by their names. And the residue of the families of the sons of Kohath had cities of their coasts out of the tribe of Ephraim. Uh, well, what are the names of the cities? <laughs> okay, it's, it doesn't give us that information. Verse 67. Oh, uh, sorry, 66. Oh, here's the infamous verse 666. <laughs> 1 Chronicles 666. And the residue of the families of the sons of Kohath had cities of their coasts out of the tribe of Ephraim. And they gave unto them of the cities of refuge... Shechem, okay, so now they named the cities of refuge. 
Shechem in Mount Ephraim with her suburbs. They gave also Gezer with her suburbs, and Jokmiam with her suburbs, and Beth Horon with her suburbs, and Ijalon with her suburbs, and Gethrimon with her suburbs, and out of the half excuse <coughs> me, half tribe of Manasseh, Aner, A N E R, with her suburbs, and Beliam with her suburbs, for the family of the remnant of the sons of Kohath. Unto the sons of Gershom were given out of the family of the half tribe of Manasseh, Golan, in Bashan, so the Golan Heights belonged to Gershom, with her suburbs, and Ashtaroth with her suburbs. Now that's a town. <laughs> okay. Apparently they kept the name of the town which was previously named by the Canaanites. Verse 72. And out of the tribe of Issachar, Kadesh, with her suburbs, Debarath, with her suburbs, and Ramoth, with her suburbs, and Anem, with her suburbs. And out of the tribe of Asher, Mashal, with her suburbs, and Abdon, with her suburbs, and Hakuk, with, or Hakak, let's see how they want this pronounced, Hakok, Hakok, with her suburbs, and Rahab, with her suburbs, and out, out of the tribe of Naphtali, Kadesh, in Galilee, with her suburbs, and Haman, with her suburbs, Kirjathaim with her suburbs. Verse 77. Unto the rest of the children of Merari were given out of the tribe of Zebulun, Rimon with her suburbs, Tabor with her suburbs. And on the other side of Jordan by Jericho, on the east side of Jordan, were given out of the tribe of Reuben. Bezer in the wilderness with her suburbs, and Jeza with her suburbs. Kedamoth also with her suburbs, and Mef, Mef, sorry, Mephaath with her suburbs. And out of the tribe of Gad, Ramoth and Gilead with her suburbs, and Mahanaim with her suburbs, and Heshbon with her suburbs, and Jazer with her suburbs. Okay, I just looked at a video claiming that the city of Jericho goes way back even before the flood. It goes back eight to 10,000 years. So Jericho would have been, and, for, and of course, Jericho was one of the tributaries of Egypt before the Israelites took over the territory. So it's quite possible that Jericho is one of the oldest cities, uh, not maybe even continuously inhabited, because my understanding is that Egypt was never affected by Noah's flood at all, and and, and of course even the the uh, latitude of zero, you know, the zero latitude was hardly affected by Noah's flood. So it's uh, especially around the world, and possibly even the rains, because. Uh, a lot of those places like the Sahara are dry <laughs> all year round. So it's quite possible that neither Egypt nor 
uh, Jericho were terribly affected by Noah's flood. We know that the flood washed down the, the rivers Tigris and Euphrates into the Gulf. So it's quite possible that that city was continuously inhabited from the very beginning. Okay, so let's go to chapter 7. And I'll do more research on that. That's quite an interesting story because uh, it may impinge on, you know, why the name Jericho. And also the, the uh, city of uh, Salem, which was nearby there at Jerusalem, which became known as the city of Jerusalem. So the pre-flood history of this territory is now being excavated. And it's going to give us, some, I think, some very interesting history that we need to be aware of. So, let's see here. Oh yeah, and, <laughs> and and the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of Yahweh. We know what happens next. Yeah, how often did we repeat that phrase in the books of of, the, of Kings? Uh, we'll we'll get to that in the books of Chronicles as well. All right. Yeah, uh, Mr. Kim Smith uh, cites. Psalm 106.34, they did not destroy the nations concerning whom Yahweh commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works, and they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Yeah, that's how we got started with idol worship, Baal worship, etc. Thanks, Mr. Kim Smith. And thanks, Swamp Fox, That's because uh, I was just speculating on that. But they never did fully destroy them made them tributary, but also mingled with them. No, 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 not supposed to do that. All right, so let's continue. And, you know, these genealogies are very important to prove that this is historical stuff, folks. Absolutely necessary to prove that. All right, so... Chapter 7, 1 Chronicles 7, 1. Now the sons of Issachar were Tola and Pua, Jashub, and Shimron, 4. And the sons of Tola, Uzai, here's another Uzai, Rephiah, and Jeriel, and Jemai, and Jibsam, and Shemuel, heads of their father's house, to wit, of Tola, they were valiant men of might in their generations, whose number was in the days of David two and twenty thousand and six hundred. And the sons of Uzai, Israhiah, and the sons of Israhiah, Michael, and Obadiah, and Joel, Ishiah, five, all of them chief men. Of course, all of these were leaders of the sub-tribes. Let me get another swig of coffee here. And with them by their generations after the house of their fathers were bands of soldiers for war, six and thirty thousand men, for they had many wives and sons. Now they're inserting the word men, probably for emphasis because 
men, the women didn't do any fighting. The men did all the fighting. That should be obvious to us, but I think they insert the word men here for, you know, the clarification that we're only counting the men of war. And their brethren among all the families of Issachar were valiant men of might, reckoned in all by their genealogies, fourscore and seven thousand. So you could see that the Israelites could field probably a couple of million, a couple million men on the battlefield. Or maybe, let's see, maybe I'm going too far there. Half a million to a million easily. All right. The descendants of Benjamin, verse 6, the sons of Benjamin, Bela, there's that name Bela again, Bechar and Jediel, three. And, and the sons, I wonder if they include Rosh. We'll find out. And the sons of Bela, Esbon and Uzai, another Uzai, and Uziel and Jeremoth and Eri, five, heads of the house of their fathers, mighty men of valor, and were reckoned by their genealogies, 20 and 2,034. Remember the sea wolves of Europe were very much like the Vikings. The sea wolves were of the tribe of Benjamin and were raiding the coasts of Europe and they even sailed up the river to Paris and invaded Paris. That was done by these descendants of Benjamin. And they were mighty men of valor, which makes sense. Verse 8, Jews, they were not. (laughs) And most Jews never fought any major battles ever. And the sons of Becher, Zamira, and Joash, and Eliezer, or Eliazar, rather, and Elioni, and Amri, and Jeremoth, that's not King Amri, that's another Amri, and Jeremoth, and Abiah, and Anatoth, and Alameth. All these are the sons of Becher. And the number of them, after the genealogy, by their generations, heads of the house of their fathers, mighty men of valor, was 20,200. The sons also of Jediel, Bilhan, and the sons of Bilhan, Jeush, and Benjamin, another Benjamin, and Ehud, and Shaniah. There's a town in uh, in Illinois, <laughs> Chanahosh, <laughs> I think named after this guy, and Zephan and Tarshish. Interesting, Tarshish, and Ahishar. Verse eleven. All these, the sons of Jediel, by the heads of their fathers, mighty men of valor, were seventeen thousand two hundred soldiers, fit to go out for war and battle. Shupim. Also, and Hupim, the children of Ir, Iar, and Hushim, the sons of Aher, the descendants of Naphtali. Only one verse here. The sons of Naphtali, Jaziel, and Gunai, and Jezer, and Shalom, the sons of Bila. Descendants of Manasseh. Bila, of course, is their mother. And the sons of Manasseh, Asriel, whom she bare. 
But his concubine, the Aramidas, bare Machir, the father of Gilead. And Machir took to wife the sister of Hupim and Shupim, <laughs> whose, wait a minute, oh, uh, she was a sister of both, so those were her brothers, whose sister's name was Maaka, or Mayaka, and the name of the second was Zelophehad, <laughs> Zelophehad had daughters. And Mayaka, the wife of Machir, bare a son, and she called his name Peresh. And the name of his brother was Sheresh, and his sons were Ulam and Rakam. Verse 17, and the sons of Ulam, Bedan, these were the sons of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh. And his sister, Oh, MacDonald had a son. Oh, what's that? Christmas Carol, that uh, yeah, everybody had uh, a million presents, uh, a song about all the presents they gave. Anyway, his sister, Hemel, and it repeats all those presents over and over again. And his sister, Hemelokath, 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 I think that's correct, Hemelokath, bear Ishad, and Ibiazer, and Mahala. And the sons of Shemida were Ahayan and Shechem and Likni, or Likai rather, Likai, and L-I-K-H-I. And Anayim, the descendants of Ephraim. Uh, I think I should be able to get all these in. We have four minutes left. And the sons of Ephraim, uh, Shutila and Barad his son, and Tehath his son, and Elada his son, and Tahath his son, and Zabad his son, and Shutela his son, and Ezer and Iliad, whom the men of Gath that were born in that land slew because they came down to take away their cattle. Okay, very important history here, which we have discussed on separate shows, namely that the children of Ephraim tried to invade Canaan land too early to claim their inheritance, but the children of Gath defeated them because they didn't go in uh, with the approval of Yahweh. However, we found out that Rahab was a descendant of these people. She was a descendant of Ephraim. Very important to know that Rahab was an Ephraimite. So here's the here's the proof that the descendants of Ephraim, you know, Ill- illegally or without the approval of Yahweh, invaded Canaan land, and uh, they actually left descendants there, namely Rahab. Okay, and Ephraim, their father, mourned many days, and his brethren came to comfort him. And when he went <coughs> went into his wife, she conceived and bare a son, and he called his name Beriah because it went evil with his house. Beriah was the only son left under Ephraim. Verse 24. And his daughter was Sherah, who built Beth Horon, the, the nether and upper Uzan Sherah. And Repha was his son, and also Reshef, 
and Tila his son, and Tahan his son. Leodan his son, Aminahud, or sorry, Amihud, his son, Elishama his son, Nan his son, Jehoshua his son. Is this a, a re, Nun or Nan? Don't have, don't have time to figure that out. And their possessions and habitations were Bethel and the towns thereof, and eastward Naaran, the westward Gezer with the towns thereof, Shechem also the towns thereof, unto Gaza and the towns thereof. So Gaza was populated by the Ephraimites. Won't be able to finish this chapter, but I'll go down to the descendants of Asher, and the towns of Shechem, etc., unto Gaza. Verse 29, and I'll conclude it here. And by the borders of the children of Manasseh, Bethshean and her towns, Ta'anak and her towns, Megiddo and her towns, Dor and her towns, in these dwell the children of Joseph, the son of Israel. Okay, so folks, we'll pick it up with the descendants of Asher next week. Uh, All of these genealogies permit us to delineate the towns and countryside that they dwelt in, some of them ultimately becoming known as Phoenicians when they got on the ships and sailed the Mediterranean. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. We're getting there. (laughs) Lots of genealogies here. Very important stuff. Talk to you later. Yahweh bless everybody. Bye-bye.